Hi, you're listening to the Raise the Vibe with Liz podcast. I'm your host, Liz Peterson. I interview today's inspirational speakers and healers. Thank you for listening to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raise the Vibe with Liz. I'm your host, Liz, and today I have Lacey Gurr with me today. Lacey Gurr is a transformational coach, certified holistic health coach, certified yoga instructor, and NLP practitioner. She guides people through a signature process that she has created over the past eight years by combining her knowledge and experience of the healing powers of food, NLP, timeline therapy, and energy movement. She believes that everyone is already whole and complete and has all the answers they need within them. And she is the coach to help guide them to their own innate truth and wisdom. At the age of 24, she cleared pre-cervical cancer from her body by only utilizing the power of food as medicine and the power of the mind to create a healing environment. A recovering people pleaser, healed from anxiety, depression, and alcohol addiction, Lacey knows firsthand how powerful our thoughts and beliefs can be and how dangerous they can be. Now living a life that she loves, waking up every day feeling gratitude for her life, it has become her mission to teach others the power of shifting your mindset and implementing a healthy diet and how it can change your entire life into the most magical life you could dream of. Every single person on this earth can heal themselves and find inner peace and joy. And she knows this to be true in all of her being. Radical self-love is her mission. Lacey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to have you. I just have to say, Lacey's a friend of mine. I met her five years ago when I was in transition. After being out of working out of the home for 15 years. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I loved her with all of my heart still do. We would meet at work and just talk about all sorts of yummy things. And that's what we're (laughs) going to do today. (laughs) Yes. I miss those things too. I miss our chats. Not so much the environment, but you know, (laughs) here we are. (laughs) Right. Much better environment now. Yes. All right. So let's start with who you are. And what was your journey to the work that you're doing today? Oh, man, I love talking about this. (laughs) It goes so deep. Um, Okay, who I am. Well, the introduction kind of touched a little bit on it. Um, I have always been a really empathic, sensitive being. And since I was a little girl... I just loved everything and everyone, right? Like I would, I just loved talking to the trees and to the plants and being connected. And I just was full of joy in life. And somewhere along the journey, you know, some very kind, loving parent probably just shut that down. And I had learned, um, and this is what I teach too in timeline therapy. So this kind of, goes full circle, but I had shut down that part of myself. I had learned that being too, that, that, that I was too much and that that wasn't safe. So then I had to take care of everybody else's emotions. I had to really have my head on a swivel and really make sure that everybody else was happy. 
and that suppressed my happiness and my joy. And so as I grew older, I was really confused as to why I was feeling this such suffering and despair deep down inside, but like on the outside, everything looked good, right? So I like had this beautiful life, this perfect life. I was active. I had a healthy body, you know, for from the outside. And my dad took me on vacations. Like everything seemed perfect. Um, but what we didn't realize was that Lacey, little Lacey on the inside was still suffering and felt like she couldn't show up as her full authentic self and that she had to take care of everybody else. So, pardon, that's confirmation. That's what we say. Yes, that's right. <laughs> we welcome the outside noise. It's meant to be. Yes. I always say it's confirmation yes. from the universe. <laughs> so, um, so having that suppressed energy in my body, as you all know, with energy, it just gets denser and denser. And then it has to manifest in some way. Either it shows up in triggers or it shows up in a physical representation in our body. So when I was 24 years old, I went to the gynecologist to get a regular checkup. Um, and my results came back negative, And I had HPV that had increased into cervical cancer. So usually they say, you know, the body will take care of it. They had actually put me on... Um, a dose of vaccinations that were supposed to get rid of it and it didn't mm -hmm. clear up. So it had gotten worse. And so I <clears throat> had the option from the doctors to either go in and get surgery where they burn out part of your cervix and that could lead to complications down the road. And they're explaining all of this to me. And it was like a one track option in their mind. It was like, you're coming in here, you're getting surgery. That's that. That's the only way it's going to go away or it's just going to get worse and worse and we don't want you to die basically like that was their option and something within me was like no 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 I don't want to go down that avenue like something was like don't do it just take some time and so I was like you know what I'm I just need some time to think um and I really didn't have much support from elders or parents or anybody I could really talk to. So I was kind of trying to figure it out all on my own. And so I was really scared. I was 24 years old. I, I was dating a guy at the time and I was like, I don't know what to do, you know? And he was just like, eh, you'll be okay. It's going to be okay. And I was like, you're right. It is going to be okay. So as the universe always provides what we need the teachers, the instructors, the books, everything we need. Um, I was introduced to the documentary Forks Over Knives. And that was my very first introduction into the healing powers of food. So I was just like amazed by this documentary, amazed by the science behind you know, just all the scientific research and evidence that is out there that they're not telling people about in the modern hospitals, right? How doctors aren't even, get, and when's the last time you went to a doctor appointment and they're like, well, how's your diet? What are you eating? You know, they're right. like, oh, I Only don't if know. you go to a naturopath. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And th this was 
I'm 32 now. So, you know, that was quite some time ago. And now we're very blessed by like the awareness. So anyways, I was 24, very lost, came into forks over knives. I was blown away. And I was like, you know what, if they can do it, I can do it. And that was my mentality was like, if they can do it, I can do it. And I'm healthy, like I'm active. I was rock climbing, I was snowboarding, I was hiking, like I was living a great life. I was drinking a lot. I was, you know, so it was like the scales were not really balanced. Right. So, so, but my mentality was if they could do it, I could do it. And I really believe that that is one of the key factors in my healing process. Mm -hmm. So I decided to go plant-based and just try it out full blown. Went all in, went plant-based. I think it was like three to four months that I went full in and I kept telling myself, I'm, there's not like, I'm, I'm, I'm healthy. My body's healthy. I kept telling myself, the doctors are lying to me. They're not telling me the truth, right? Like that, but that's the power of the thoughts that I was thinking was like, this isn't real. Like it's not possible. Mm-hmm. So I had that going on, had the food going on. I went into um, a doctor to get a checkup and my pap smear came back totally normal. There was and no that- residue or residual of anything. And sh- I was just like, wait, there's nothing, nothing on my test. And she was like, no, do you want there to be? And I was like, no, 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 we're good. Okay, bye. So I left that doctor's office that day with this new awareness and truth of holy shit we can heal our bodies like i watched those people i knew that if they could do it i could do it now i can do it if i can do it you can do it right so it was like my mission to now teach this so then i went on to do some research on well how am i gonna learn you know i want to learn about food and all this stuff so Um, I was also blessed, like I just did a bunch of research and the Institute for Integrative Nutrition came up and they actually interview you to make sure you're a good fit for the school. I don't know if they still do it now, but you know, that was years ago. So it felt very special to me and it felt very intimate. So I ended up getting my certification as a holistic health coach through the Institution of Integrated Nutrition. And I know there's a bunch of alumni out there and I love meeting them and we just talk about it. And I learned so much. They have like, I don't know, 30 to 40 different teachers on different health topics. So I learned over a hundred different dietary theories through that and practiced on myself, right? Like I practiced going raw, I practiced going Ayurvedic, I practiced macrobiotics, practiced all sorts of stuff. So it was great. What a great journey. And an inspiration. I know many, because not only for that that experience, but many women. Right. My sister. Yeah getting a result and having to go through the professional process of getting the test done and then freezing the cells and then myself recently dealing with that situation myself as well you know and choosing these other options and then you can take that forward into so many other options or things experiences that come into your life 
you know, just embracing it and changing it with food and thought and mindset. So let's go into mindset first. Yes. And really explain to people what that process is to overcome. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So now fast forward to current state. Um, So I healed my body with food and then I just got super, super into the mindset. Then I became a yoga instructor, went through my training, realized, oh my God, this is a whole philosophy. Yoga is not the actual practice that you do on a mat. That's the asana, which we are not taught that. And it's an actual philosophy. So it's a full mindset philosophy. So I got really into that and then the spiritual side too. So yoga perked that. And then after that, I went and got certified as an NLP practitioner, which goes all about the neuro-linguistic programming. And so this, it just like put all the puzzle pieces together for me. So from ages zero, actually before conception even, to seven, we are programmed with the realities and the perspectives and perceptions of those around us. And after age seven, we gain this little wedge in between our conscious mind and our unconscious mind called the critical faculty. So now after, so our little young mind absorbs everything in our environment. It absorbs how mom talks to dad, how mom treats dad, how brother treats dad, mom, sister, how everything, right? We're sponges. We're absorbing everything. And then our unconscious mind is holding on to those experiences. So our unconscious mind grabs all of these senses and meanings and it makes meaning to it and then holds on to it. And it also takes in emotions with those experiences. So if I were to go grab a cookie and my hand got slapped and I started crying and nobody came to console me, my little mind only knows what it can do to make meaning of that. And that means that I'm not lovable or I don't matter or my wants, because I wanted that cookie, my wants are punishment. Right. And it, it doesn't make sense to our conscious mind. But as a child with we can't we don't have cognitive rationale, like we can't rationalize things at that age. And especially before preverbal, when we're babies in a crib crying, we make meaning. So anyways, we are taking in all this information and that's getting programmed into our unconscious mind. Okay, so that's on t- that's down here. Then after seven years old, we get that critical faculty, which now filters through information, deletes, distorts, and generalizes information on your experience. So we could be sitting watching the same movie, but because of our experiences in our past, we will filter through all these things. You will delete certain things and I will not delete certain things. And then we'll leave the movie being like, oh my gosh, did you realize that this, did you, how did you feel? You're like, oh, I did not feel that way. Right. It's, but we watched the exact same movie. We're sitting in the same chairs just next to each other, had the same material, right? It's all our experience and our perspective and that, that critical faculty that's filtering everything. So, so then 
we have our unconscious mind that is programmed from ages zero to seven, and it's making all the decisions and telling your conscious mind, hey, that's safe, that's not safe. Hey, that's safe, that's not safe. From a seven-year-old's perspective <laughs> or a one-year-old's perspective, right? And so this is the whole mindset part. This is the NLP aspects and the timeline therapy. So this stuff lights me up so much because in conjunction with healing foods, now we can really get to the good stuff. Now we can get to the trauma of those negative emotions that are stuck in our bodies. And we can free them. We can actually go back into time, go to that moment and create positive meaning to that experience. And so the gestalt theory is a theory where all emotions are, have you seen the movie um, Inside Out, the Pixar? No, I don't think so. Ooh, that's a good one. Highly suggest. So that is a genius. That's a genius movie. It's all about like gestalt theory. So gestalt theory is all about how our emotions are connected to experiences and they're all kind of interconnected like a pearl necklace. So in timeline therapy, we go in and we find those emotions and those experiences and we put positive meaning to them, which actually allows them to resolve. Nice. But there's another emotion below that. So we have fear, anger, hurt, sadness, guilt. So five emotions, they're all connected to each other. So when we clear one, we drop down into the other. Clear that one, we drop to the other. So it's a whole experience, a holistic approach. So now with that, we go into the mindset and we program in positive thoughts, positive beliefs right? Things that are possibility consciousness because our unconscious mind will just stay on a loop and it'll, it'll, it'll just keep hitting these like boxes, which we actually create the box ourselves. There's no real box. So we create these limits because our, our unconscious mind can't see past that possibility. So we go in and we ask positive, uh, we ask powerful questions to allow the mind to open up and expand into new possible opportunities and solutions. And then we take that and then we put that into a goal and we set that into a goal. So that's where the mindset comes in. And it's not really, what I learned through all of this also was affirmations are cool. They're great and, and they do help. But like, if your unconscious mind just doesn't believe that you're worthy, I just had a breakthrough last night doing, so I do um, like somatic dance therapy. And so anybody who does my program, which I'll talk about at the end, um, I'll be teaching this dance therapy. It's super healing. It unlocks emotions that are stuck in our body, you know, somatic, release. Mm -hmm. um, so last night I had an emotion that released sadness, just bawling my eyes out. And I came to the, like, so I listened to my thoughts, right? And I'm like, oh, wow. Observe my thoughts. The thought was that I'm only worthy if I have a certain amount of money or income. And my experience is 
why do I always end up with the same amount in my bank account? Well, I just found the worthiness piece. And if I don't believe that I'm worthy, if my worth is attached to this number in the bank account, I'm going to keep hitting resistance against it. Right? So I came out of that experience just totally finding that thought, that limiting belief that, that was in there. I didn't even know it was there. But we have to do the work to unveil these belief systems. They're so lodged in there, we have no idea. They're on repeat. Right? So I found that belief system, cried it out, danced it out, then all of a sudden I was just like ecstasy like spinning in circles and i like felt light and open and ugh, it just it's amazing what happens with that release yeah so with my clients when i do the timeline therapy i get to watch them and all my sessions are on zoom and i literally watch them their faces like soften and they just i can watch a phys- physical shift in their body after releasing these emotions and that's all with the mind it's literally just closing our eyes and going through pictures our mind creates pictures and we can change anything in our reality by bringing awareness to the meaning the decisions that we've made around it and to change the picture in our mind yes rewiring and reprogramming that's right threads that's right so how do you bring diet into that So the diet aspect is, you know, and that's, it's, you go hand in hand. Like you, that's why to me diets don't work. Because if we have a belief system or a limiting decision around food or around our body, if somebody made a decision from a past experience saying it's not safe to be in my body if I have a slim sleek body, I've got to have this protection around me so that I'm not seen because if I'm seen, I'm unsafe, right? If those beliefs are running in your programming, you could do the diet and you'll release some weight, but your unconscious mind, its number one job is to keep you right and is to keep you safe. And it's your unconscious mind is your best friend, but it just, it gets things a little twisted, (laughs) Right? It doesn't know. It's it's literally like a it's a child. It doesn't know. So having the belief of I can't be seen, if somebody goes in and does the diet, they'll release the weight, they'll put it back on. Because their unconscious mind is like, hell no. We want to keep you safe, baby. So so working in conjunction with the mindset aspect and with the diet is that I help them make empowered choices, right? Choose empowered choices. If you empowerly, consciously choose that cupcake, it'll be fine. Your body will react fine to it. If you choose it out of fear, out of guilt, shame, then it's going to be a whole different story. And so one of my key aspects that I work around is crowding in to crowd out. So basically, if you want something that you really don't want to eat, let's just go with a cupcake. So if you want that cupcake, but you're like, all right, here's the deal. I'm going to drink a glass of water first. Then I'm going to have two apples. And then I'll see if I want that cupcake. 
and see what happens. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. <laughs> and the more we do that, the more we are rewiring our brain as well and our livers. So our livers have tons of intelligence in them too. So they record all of our past eating habits as well. So if you go to a holiday festivity and you're like, why am I craving that eggnog? I haven't drank eggnog in years. Your liver is keeping the score. So it's all, it's, it all works together. It's like, it's magic. So this was my journey. Like I realized my, I realized healing my body was one component, but then I was still experiencing anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts. And I was like, what the bleep and bleep, you know, why? I thought I was healed. <laughs> Never ends. So healed the body. Then the mind was like struggling, suffering, addiction. And I was like, oh, maybe there's something here. Worked with that, cleared the addiction, then working through the trauma in my body and working through the inner child, working through the trauma in the body. And it's it's constantly just working through the layers and the levels. And that's what's so powerful about this work. And I have an eight-week program that people can do and always go back to. But the more you do it, you're going to keep finding different layers. Right. Right. So it's having these tools that you can always go back to. And my life is amazing. And yeah, I struggle too. And yeah, I, like I said, I, I have some really like, I don't really want to call them dark nights of the soul anymore because they're just, I feel like it's just expansion. Like every time I experience something, right, like a heavy emotion or like, oh my God, this is so uncomfortable. What is this? And then I do my work and I'm like, ah, got it. It's like unlocking the key, the unlocking everything. It's almost like the next initiation. Exactly. Yes. Yep. Yep. And having these tools allows it to be so much lighter. Like it doesn't have to be hard work or struggling or suffering anymore. It is just what it is. So what, and that's life. Yes, it is, isn't it? <laughs> what tools yeah. do you use to uncover the limiting beliefs? So the limiting beliefs, I do a lot of dialogue journaling for myself. So for myself, I mean, I, I do the practices that I do with my clients through timeline therapy. Questioning is huge. So there's three really powerful questions that we can ask over and over and over to find a limiting belief or a limiting decision. But honestly, when I work with somebody, the first three hours I work with somebody is just an intake. Like they just talk to me about what's coming up. I ask them some questions and then talk, talk, talk. And then I can pinpoint what's a limiting decision. So a limiting decision is anything that is, I can't this because of that or I wish I could, or this isn't possible for me, it's different. Like anything that is a limiting decision that doesn't allow possibility. So when I do, when I find any limiting decisions or beliefs within myself, a lot of journaling, right? So I just write what's coming up, like what fears are coming up right now? What, what am I, what is my mind thinking right now? Put that down on paper and then I can physically see, oh, that, that doesn't really make sense. Let's pull that out, this limiting decision, and then we go in and we find positive 
meanings and attributes and we find the positive meaning for it, positive lesson, whatever. So like a limiting decision of my worth is tied to the money, right? Well, how is that? How can I make that a positive for me in my future? I'm inherently worthy. I am worthy because I am existing. I am worthy because I have a huge compassionate loving heart. I am worthy because I breathe. I am worthy with everything that I do because I do it with love. I'm worthy because I have family members who love me. I have people in my life who love me. And right. So like that's the, the reprogramming, the reframing. And then going into money, I can also use money and being like, I'm sorry, money. That's so not nice to put that on you because money is just an energy. It's a relationship that we have. So I can say, I'm sorry, you know, money is doing the best it can. <laughs> and money is money loves me. I love money. Money provides me so many amazing experiences and opportunities. And when I have money, I know that we're a good team together because I come from the heart and money is love energy. It's just energy. So I'm putting that out there. Right. And because a lot of the stories around money is that money's evil. People who have money are bad, right. Or corrupt. So I go into the story of, well, money is just an enhancer, an enhancer of that person. And if I truly love myself and know who I am and I do my work, man, I freaking love myself so much. So yeah, I'm going to enhance myself with money, more money, please. Come on, let's, let's enhance this love. Right. So that's how we, that's kind of this, this cycle that it goes. Right. And thank you for the example too, because you clearly showed like how you unwrapped your emotion and then you had to unwrap the limiting beliefs around money and then those together. So how do you embody that after? after you've broken down and figured out what all of those are? Yeah. So we can say, we'll say embodiment and integration. Right. So the integration part is huge. And I feel like in a lot of therapy and a lot of other modalities of helping people with psychology and stuff like that, the integration aspect isn't there. It's not really implemented or focused on. Mm -hmm. So that the integration part is huge. So yeah, exactly. Like how are you going to go out into the world now and live from that belief? So with my clients, what I do is I actually assign them tasks after every session, whatever came up, I give them a task and it's different with every person, right? Cause every context is different, every situation. But, um, so I say, okay, go do that. So it does integrate into their body. Um, and then for me, what I do is like, well, then how, how would I talk? How would I, how would I walk? Right. How now with this new belief system of my worthiness is just me. Like I do, I feel more, I feel taller, feel expanded. I feel even more compassionate. And I also feel less inclined to prove myself to people. <laughs> so it's like, Oh, you have that, you have that belief. That's great. Sending you love. That's how I choose to embody it because my worth is already right here. I don't need it from any 
outside aspect. So that's how I embody that particular situation. But yeah, there's tasks, there's, you know, you could go out and actually like buy something for yourself. You can say, well, I'm going to get a mani-pedi because that's what somebody who truly loves themselves and embodies worthiness does. Yeah, so how do we nurture and self-care around these mm. topics? You know, because we're always uncovering and healing and working through to the next best thing for us. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for that question because that is – I just took um, three days off of social media and I went to a hot springs and I decided that I needed self-care. Nice. <laughs> so right. I had, yeah, thank you. I'm like, well, I'm a – coach who teaches this so I gotta practice what I preach so really giving ourselves and that's what I, I kind of have a full that's my eight-week group program it's all online and I help people cultivate and create their own ritual their self-care ritual so I give a bunch of different examples and they try it all out and then they create their own what works for them so this could look like taking baths, right? And really just giving yourself time. I know for moms, this is a huge thing. It's like, go give yourself a bath. Set a timer, 10, 15 minutes. That's your time. Do what you need to do. Um, it could be coloring. It could be going for walks in nature, really anything that you have time to yourself to listen to your inner knowing and not have the influence of the outside world, right? All this information that we're distorting, deleting, and generalizing, we've got to be able to shut that off and find our truth and find ourselves it's so easy to, with comparison to, to get lost. Um, so meditation is a huge one in my book. Like just going, just closing your eyes and going into the darkness. I love Joe Dispenza. He's my favorite. We've talked about him. <laughs> yep. So yeah, going into the, the vast space of nothingness. And being nothing, like that is super powerful to me. And I know everybody is on a different level of meditation and some people have the, it's, I can't do it, it's too hard, can't shut my mind off. You can, you can do it, I know you can, you absolutely can, right? Like even just staring at a candle, setting your timer for five minutes and just staring at that candle, you're stilling your mind, you're just letting your mind be with one focus. How often do we do that in our day? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So self-care is huge. And right. It is also like if you want to get into radical self-love, which I like talking about too, nope. that is the moment when you're actually put into a situation where you're like, well, what is radically loving myself in this moment? Is it because I'm I'm an adult now, right? I take care of my inner child. I take care of my adult child. I take care of all aspects of me. It's my responsibility. So radically loving all of those parts of me is going to be making the decision of 
I'm going to say no to that croissant because I've found out that that croissant does nothing but harm my body. How easy is it to say, okay, just this one time I'll eat that croissant because it's so buttery and flaky and uh, it's so good. But on the flip side of that coin, what is that really doing for me? Right? So <laughs> that's the radical self-love. Yeah. I love that. That takes me to cultivating a relationship with our body. So how do we cultivate that healthy relationship with our body? I love this too. Um, for me, it's really, I love mirror work. Louise Hay, she's amazing. So I put a little bit of that in my online program too. So people get a little introduction to that. So mirror work, really going and looking in the mirror. And this is another aspect of connecting with ourselves, right? Like, so I said before, meditation is closing everything off so you could go inward. But mirror work is really looking into ourselves. And boy, does that unlock some stuff. So mirror work's really powerful. Um, and really recognizing the self-talk. I think that's huge. All, I think, everything in our reality is showing us what's going on in our inner reality. So if we're having a problem with our body and accepting our bodies and whatnot, well, what thoughts are you thinking about your body? What are you telling yourself about your body? What are you thinking other people are thinking about your body or you? Because I wish, well, no, I don't wish we could mind read. I don't. <laughs> but we can't. We can't read people's minds. So it's not that we're reading people's minds. We're actually just thinking all that ourselves. So really recognizing how am I thinking about myself and how am I thinking about others? Because to our unconscious mind, what we say about somebody else, our unconscious mind directly points that back at us, right? So if I'm saying, oh, man, she is just way into herself. Look at her, right? Then my unconscious mind is thinking that about me. But if I think of it from a negative aspect, it's like, oh, don't be too much, right? You don't want to be too much. But if I look at somebody, I'm like, wow, look at her stand so tall and wear those shiny shoes and wear her hair all did up. She looks so amazing. Then I'm saying that to myself. And the more we say that to other people and our experiences, we're saying that to ourselves. And then it becomes easier and easier to actually go look in the mirror and be like, damn, when did you get so sexy? I haven't worked out a day since coronavirus, but I'm even sexier than when it started. <laughs> I love that. That's an easy way to put it. You know, to have that awareness and attention and go, okay, there that is. Okay. How can I flip that? Yeah. And this is, this is a huge component of that. And anybody that I work with, we go through a list of agreements. And if, you're not 100% willing to take responsibility for your life and for making change, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. So 
So that right there, we can come full circle also to the title of this. That is why I change becomes so hard is because we're holding on to a secondary gain to being a victim. Mm, unpack that for us, Lacey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if I am complaining and I'm a victim and oh, poor me, you know, like they're just not giving me the things that I want. Can you believe she said that about me? Oh, oh my gosh. I know, right? That gives me significance. That actually allows me to be a victim and for somebody else to come up and be like, oh, you poor thing, let me take care of you. That right there is a winner to the unconscious mind. It's like, especially if we didn't get that as children, as young adults, as children. Significance, oh my gosh, I'm getting love. Any kind of love is good love. So when we are attached to that, it's going to be really difficult to let go of being the victim and taking responsibility. And then change can only happen at the unconscious level and change can only happen when we take responsibility for ourselves, our lives, our actions, our emotions, our results. Right. Right. Can you give us an example to help us unpack? Yeah. So, Well, okay, we could go with drinking. Why it's difficult for people to quit drinking. Now, I haven't had alcohol for three years now, so I can personally speak from being totally loving alcohol to totally loving not having alcohol. (laughs) So somebody who's drinking alcohol and has a problem we'll say for me okay so i definitely had a problem it was something that i would do to make connections to have friends to have significance to allow myself to truly just be open and vulnerable and share my emotions having that attachment to it made it almost impossible to let it go So I gave up alcohol or I tried quitting alcohol probably like two or three times. So the first time it didn't work because I had no idea what was at the root. I was just like, okay, I'm going to give up alcohol because it's just not good for me. Right. It was just like, oh, it's just not good for me. And then I fell back into it again because I needed the connection. I needed the love. I needed the the meaning that right I'm worthy and when I was drinking with other people they're like oh my god you're so cool oh my god we love you Lacey look you're wild right I got so much good feedback when I was drinking with people and then the time it really shifted for me was I was actually in a, in a relationship and I was witnessing, we actually, I was in a huge fight. (laughs) We had a really terrible fight. And I think that like totally shifted everything for me. So it was in that moment where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't know how I'm really going to give up alcohol. Like, I don't know how 
I'm going to quit drinking because it just is a part of my reality. But I know I don't want to do that ever again. So it started with that one awareness and that decision. And from there, I started witnessing him and his drinking. And I had a moment where I went off onto a retreat and I came back and he was still blacked out drunk again after I'd asked him not to do it again. And it, it was, it was in that moment where I was like, okay, if, if I'm going to ask him to stop, I have to stop too. And if he can't stop, then I have to separate myself. So I decided to separate with him. And from that moment, he decided to go sober. So it was witnessing him being able to do it and then me doing it being like, okay, we could do this. And then working through that with him. But then I was still having like a glass of wine. And I was like, oh, you know, it's fine. It's just a glass of wine. And he made a comment to me and he said, well, what is one or none? Like, why even have the one? If you're just having one, why even have the one? Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was like, hmm, that's very true. And so all through this, I started doing a lot of my inner work, my healing work, uh, tons of mirror work. So I was facing my inner child, my shadows. So doing that hand in hand. So it made it easier to make this conscious decision of maybe I don't need this for significance. Maybe I'm not getting significance from this and then I started noticing when I wasn't drinking and I go hang out with people who were they would try to force it on me and then they started acting different towards me so I was like huh maybe that isn't the connection that I'm wanting maybe that's not the the belonging that I'm seeking And so the more that I started doing my healing work on myself and cultivating the love within me and really, yeah, really just filling my cup and other people were drinking around me. And and the more that I would say no, that I'm not drinking and they would like kind of turn me down. I was like, wow, this is great. (laughs) This is great stuff because they were never giving me belonging from the beginning. And so my unconscious mind was starting to see that the it's there's no meaning like there's no attachment to that anymore mm-hmm. so i wasn't getting that that feedback anymore i was getting a feedback of well they're drinking so they have their community i'm not drinking so i need to find my community right so from that point pivoting and finding new positive meanings around not drinking and being healthier and then every day I would wake up and I'm and I would give myself gratitude and I would say wow I am so grateful that I feel so energized I feel clear-headed my body doesn't ache I don't have anxiety anymore so finding all the positive feedback from not having the alcohol anymore totally made it land and sit locked in so now my secondary gain for, I mean, there is no secondary gain for alcohol. There's tons of secondary gains for not having alcohol. So you can have secondary gains for anything. It's finding the secondary gain that you're getting, but it's really 
being open and willing to face those things. Cause see some people will be like, well, no, I just don't want to like people will hold on to their meaning and attachment to something till they die. Even if it's not serving them because it just feels more comfortable. Yeah. Lacey, can I ask what were your secondary gains with when you stopped drinking? Oh my goodness. Um, more energy, clarity. Um, I was actually, so I always had a really hard time remembering numbers. Like if somebody would give me a telephone number, I'd be like, hold on, I need to chunk it down into two. Like it's just really difficult for me. I started memorizing numbers better. I could memorize addresses. I had dyslexia when I was younger. My dyslexia was, I mean, it shows up a little bit, but nowhere where it used to be. Um, anxiety, I can manage my anxiety and realize where anxiety was really coming from rather than being consumed by it. Um, saving money. <laughs> Good Lord. Like literally saving thousands of dollars. Yeah. A lot more. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. Also, I want to, um, on your website, you also talk about how you healed your skin with food. You want to talk mm -hmm. about that for a little bit before we wrap up? Definitely. So <clears throat> I also realized, you know, it's all connected, right? Our energy, body, and our physical body. So I realized here we go again. My body is telling me something that I need to pay attention to. And so I, I worked on the energy, the mindset, and I was like, okay, what's here? There's anger. There's um, suppression. There's places I'm still not speaking up for myself. There's places I'm still um, acting in codependency and anxious attachment style. So really working around those. Then I found out about the healing powers of the liver and how the liver holds on to so many toxins through our life. So I, when I cleared the cancer in my cervix at age 24, I totally went plant-based. You call it vegan. I say plant-based because vegan, you can still eat like artificial meats and those aren't healthy. <laughs> so plant-based is where you eat plants and fruits and vegetables right? And great, some grains. So yeah, so plant-based. <clears throat> and um, so I realized that my liver was still having a really hard time filtering certain things. And that was coming out in my skin. And there was also a virus. So when I was younger, I had strep throat. Mm -hmm. And our bodies hold on to specific virus strains and there's specific foods that feed these viruses. So if anybody has ever had strep throat, then yep, you have the streptococcus strain in your body. And whether, depending on where it's at, like it goes through dormancy and then it can spike and go down and it could go to different levels. So for me, my streptococcus virus kind of exploded and got really rampant especially with all of the healing I was doing around my emotions, um, detoxing and leaving a, um, a co very codependent relationship, that alcoholic relationship, healing a lot of trauma with anger around my childhood. 
And that just all came to the surface and went outside of my skin. And it just got really bad, um, like cystic acne. And I was like, I have no idea. I've never had acne in my life. And I was just like, what the hell is happening? So I dove into um, Anthony Williams, the medical medium. So I teach a lot of his stuff in my program. Love him. So the healing powers of food go even deeper, right? It's like, well, there are specific foods that are feeding these viruses that we're un doctors don't really know about. Science doesn't really know about yet. And I'm all about channeling spirit source knows more than we do. Like, how do we have thoughts? Where do those come from? So I love the medical medium because he channels these theories and these beliefs that are working for hundreds, probably thousands of people now that doctors aren't even talking about. So specific foods that are feeding these viruses, other heavy metal detox, foods that can detox heavy metals out of your system. So that is that was the journey through healing the skin. And in conjunction with the mindset and just continually loving myself, it's a continual journey and having the tools is the biggest part. And Lacey, how do you share those tools with others? Go through the different workshops that you have, you know, for your skin and your body. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So we've got the eight week online program. It's an interactive group program. Anybody can start it whenever they want and do it at their pace. I lead a weekly call that they can jump on and do question and answer. Everybody can have support. So that's why I say it's a group program to have the community aspect. So that's an eight week online program. And that is in the link. All of these links are on my Instagram handle. So you can find that there. Um, So that's one program. And then you get it for life. So you can have this as a roadmap to go to whenever you need. Because Lord knows we go up and down, up and down. And it's so good to have that there for us. So there's the eight-week program. And then there's one-on-one coaching with me that somebody can do some really deep, intentional work around a specific context. It doesn't have to be just health. It could be around relationship stuff, family stuff, right? This is the NLP breakthrough coaching that I do. Um, And that is usually I do it hourly because it's such intense work and it's not just like an hour session here or there. It's like, could be three hours, could be two hours. So we usually to do a a really good deep dive, we go up to like 10 to 12 hours. So it's really fun. We get really intimate, really deep. And the, the next container that I have that's now open that I'm super excited about, this was channeled from divine source and i just know that it's gonna be like the ultimate healing container it's called the healing trinity and it's healing all aspects that we talked about today it's the mind body spirit connection and it's gonna be a really small intimate group of five women so anybody who identifies as a woman is invited anybody who's ready to and willing 
to face their stuff, to heal their mind, their body, and their spirit, and to have the most amazing, epic year 2021. (laughs) Uh, So that container is now open, and we will start December 14th. And so those are the ways of reaching me. I'm also creating a uh, retreat that will be in March. That's going to be another really powerful sisterhood healing. So everything that I do is really geared towards sisterhood, community, healing, really empowerment, right? Like I love working with people to help them see their true potential, to remove all of the veils of all this bullshit story of I'm not good enough because you are good enough. You are worthy exactly as you are. And I love seeing women stand up and embody that within themselves. Ugh, makes me so happy. (laughs) That's juicy. Thank you, Lacey. Yeah, you're welcome. And then how can they find you on Facebook and Instagram? What's your handle? Yeah, right. So Facebook is Lacey Gurr, L-A-C-E-Y-G-U-R-R. Um, I don't even know. I have a business page, but just find me on my personal page. It's, I feel like it's so much better. There's more, more real stuff there. Um, but then my Instagram does connect to my person, my business page. And then my Instagram is, I'm pretty sure it's just Lacey Gurr. Great. At Lacey Gurr, L-A-C-E-Y-G-U-R-R. Mm-hmm. Great. And your website, is it the same? No. My website is LaceyGurr.com. Yep. Find me all around, Lacey Gurr. (laughs) Yeah, look her up. Great stuff, guys. She's wonderful to work with. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. It was such an honor. Thank you. It was so great to get to work with you. Yes. Awesome. And thank you for joining everybody. This is Liz on Rachel Vibe with Liz. And remember to get out there and raise the vibe. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's show on Raise the Vibe with Liz. If you like this content and want to support me, please go to Patreon at Raise the Vibe with Liz or click the link in the description of this show. And remember, change starts with you. So get out there and raise the vibe. Thank you, everyone.